0: Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Insider information, news, notes, and opinion you can't find anywhere else. On today's edition of the show, December 10th, 2018, we're breaking down a big BYU basketball win over Utah. What did I see from that game? We'll break that down in the first segment. We'll also talk a little bit about BYU football, uh, transfer out of the program, the first of what might be a few appears. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Christian Falau being the player that has announced he is leaving the program. And of course in the final segment do need to talk about the accomplishment for the BYU women's volleyball team advancing to the final four of the NCAA women's volleyball tournaments. That's all coming up on today's edition of the show. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control right here in Utah. Here to help you with any and all pest control issues. Also brought to you by Sling TV. We'll tell you about both of those great companies throughout today's podcast thanks again for joining me we're available on all major podcast platforms you can go find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher radio spotify etc and hoping to be on pandora in short order we'll let you know as soon as that goes through if it goes through all right without further ado let's get going this is locked on cougars for december 10th 2018 It on a string goes to the baseline underneath. Childs rocks it with the right hand slam. He brought it way back. He threw it down hard. The place explodes to life with the fans in blue. That is the signature play of this game. There you go. The play by play of Yoli Childs jamming it. On Nikola Topolovic from Utah, just an absolute poster, an all-time dunk that will be played in BYU highlight reels for the foreseeable future, if not a very long time. I still remember them using the Mike Hall dunk from the early 2000s up until just recently if they don't continue to use it. So Yoli Childs, a poster, absolutely putting a facial on Utah there, incredible dunk. Thanks to Tony Parks and Britton Johnson for the play-by-play and the Zone Sports Network for allowing me to use that. I do work for the Zone Sports Network so great to have them calling that game on Saturday but BYU rolls to a 74-59 to uh, route of their rival on the hardwoods in the first game of the Beehive Classic Saturday. This was a good game in the first half. Went back and forth a couple of eight-zero runs for both teams. Uh, it looked like this game might be one that whoever could make shots down the stretch would win it. Uh, BYU decided to uh, step away from having some of those second half lulls that they had had earlier on this season and they went on the second half opened up with 11-0 run and it seemed like that was the ball game at that point BYU did similar to what they did against Utah State last week on Wednesday was open up a big lead and then just fend off any and all attempts for the opponent to come back on them and that's what they did against Utah I said the 11-0 run Really opened things up in the second half. Yoli Childs was a man amongst boys once again. Tied his season high for the third straight game with 31 points. Also added 11 rebounds. He scored the first 12 points for BYU in this game. Just could not be stopped. Utah had no answer for him in this game at all. And it was a seminal performance. Uh, of course, after the game, Yoli Childs, a kid from Bingham High School, was not offered by Utah out of high school. Uh, and you wonder, okay, this kid grew up, and by all reports, he was a guy that would have favored Utah in the recruiting process, had the Utes pursued him more heavily. And you'd think, okay, well, maybe this is a little bit of a revenge factor for him. He said after the game, it wasn't a revenge factor for him. And we'll have to take him at his word for that. But he went out there and was absolutely dominant. 13 of 16 from the field, 1 of three from from three-point land, four or five from the charity stripe. Hats off to Yoli Childs. He's playing like a man possessed. Um, His play this season is going to have him on NFL, not NFL, NBA draft boards. I'm not... Totally convinced he's going to be picked in the NBA draft. But if he continues to put up 30-point performances in these games, and if he does it against some of the bigger opponents on BYU's upcoming schedule, let's say a UNLV this coming weekend, uh, also San Diego State coming up, as well as Mississippi State on the road, which should be an absolutely tough matchup for BYU to win. And also, of course, getting into conference play, number one ranked Gonzaga, well, gonna be number one ranked for... Today and they're gonna be dropping after they lost to Tennessee yesterday, but they'll be a top five team. I would expect when BYU faces them if Yoli Childs can put up big numbers throughout the rest of this year, it's gonna be hard for NBA teams to ignore him and take him as a legit NBA prospect. It'd be a feather in Dave Rose's cap to finally have a player drafted in the NBA draft. Uh, Jimmer Fredette was the last one; he was a top uh, was a top of ten pick at that point by the Sacramento Kings, but to see a kid like Yoli Childs actually get picked would be just an awesome development for the Cougars and something that they need to work on. Um, other other thoughts from this game, it was good to see Zach Sellius break out a little bit in this game. He was the first player besides Yoli Childs to score. He went 5 of 14 from the field, so not a great shooting performance once again, just 2 of 8 from 3. So his issues from long range are continuing, but he did put up 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and most notably 5 steals. Um, he had five Five of the six stills that BYU notched in this game. Nick Emery had the other one. But it's good to see a kid like Zach Sellius, despite his shooting issues which have been an ongoing issue for about a year and a half now. He's starting to show other ways he can contribute to this team. TJ Hawes finally got going in this game. Finished 5 of 10 from the field. 3 of 4 from 3. An absolutely massive 4 point play opportunity late in that game. Which I think essentially shut the door on the Utes chances to win this game. He finished with 18 points on the game six rebounds and four assists I also had two blocks kind of cool to see TJ's getting some blocks in that game but it was a great team performance for BYU uh, Nick Emery was almost an afterthought in this game he played 13 minutes didn't score in this game had the one steal one rebound so all in all a great performance by BYU starting five. Uh, Jasheer hardnut, had a tough game, though. No points. Only played 23 minutes. But it was good to see the big three for BYU. Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and Zach Selyus shut the door on Utah and continuing a dominant run for the Cougars against the Utes, at least on the hardwood. I saw some Utah fans on Twitter saying that, hey, BYU is just as good against us on the hardwoods as we are against them on the gridiron. It's Not a bad comparison. Uh, BYU has dominated the series in recent years, and it's a big win for the Cougars. They're now 7-4 and four on the season. They'll be home this Wednesday night hosting Portland State. Um, Barrett Perry, uh, the head coach of Portland State, is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a guy that people list on the list of potential replacements for Dave Rose if and when he hangs it up and decides to retire. But Portland State coming to BYU on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, will be televised on BYU TV and then the Cougars also going to be on the road this weekend in Las Vegas at T-mobile arena the fantastic new arena that was built um, just last year they'll be facing the UNLV running rebels that'll be Saturday at 6: 30 p.m. Mountain Time. So big games coming up for the Cougars. they got a chance to really make some noise, uh, roll up some more wins. They had that three game slide, that Houston-Illinois State and then the Weber State loss. I think that Weber State loss in particular sparked BYU. They got back to work. They've really clamped down on the defensive end. You saw that against Utah. They were moving very well, playing the zone at some points to kind of disrupt what Utah had going. Uh, The Utes really had no answer for what BYU was doing. They tried to shake things up defensively, putting different bodies on Yoli Childs, using their two seven-footers in the rotation, Jace Johnson and Uh, They But they couldn't do anything. Yoli Childs just was... Absolutely dominant in this game. So it was good to see BYU picking up a big road win or neutral court win over their rival Utah. They are now three and one in their against their in-state teams this year. It's their last in-state game was against Utah. So BYU, now you turn your attention to these final four non-conference games: Portland State, UNLV, San Diego State, and 22nd ranked Mississippi State. At this point, we'll see where they're ranked when BYU finally does face. Them on December 29th. But BYU's got some big games to get themselves tuned up for conference play, and they've got to be ready for it because we've seen them in conference play drop some, have some inexplicable losses, and they can't afford that this year if they want to continue to stay on that bubble of the NCAA rankings. Uh, the big win for BYU in terms of where they stand on the bubble uh, puts them in the upper 60, so it's number 63 I believe is the last I saw in the kenpom.com rankings. Uh, Ken Pomeroy lives here locally, does an incredible job ranking all of the college basketball teams. BYU had dropped as low as 88 in his rankings after their uh, third straight loss against Weber State, but two wins back-to-back over Utah State and Utah has them back up on that bubble of the NCAA tournament. we still got a long ways to go, of course, conference play coming up, but good to see BYU inching their way back up those rankings. You want to be in the 40s if you want to really feel safe about yourself at the end of the year in terms of an at-large bid because I'm not picking BYU to beat Gonzaga twice and also maybe a third time in the conference tournament to win the automatic bid out of the West Coast Conference. But you never know what happens. I'm just guessing that Gonzaga, a top-five program, is going to be top dog in the West Coast Conference and BYU will have to get uh, get in on the strength of their of their resume, and that'll be the goal for them, is to pick up some wins here in the next four games. You go on the road and beat a ranked Mississippi State team, beat a highly thought of San Diego State team on the road, and also get a neutral court win in Las Vegas, just miles away from their home gym against UNLV. Those could go a long way come March, in terms of you being in the big dance, or, all, or being in the NIT once again, and BYU's got to keep their eyes on the prize, take it one game at a time, and try to win as many of these games as possible, so we'll break it down for you each and every game. I had some people say that they want me to bring back the, I guess, the post game analysis immediately after games. I can't guarantee I can do it every game, but I'm going to try start trying to do that a little bit more. I was on air doing a Saturday radio show that I host this past Saturday against Utah, so I didn't get a chance to get to that right away. But we'll start doing that some more more often with some an instant analysis. I know David Locke, who is our kind of our leader here at the Locked On. Podcast, Podcast Network likes to do the postcast, and I might steal a note from him and call it the BYU postcast or something like that to talk about these BYU games. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or the show at Locked On Cougars. You can find us there. And as always, please continue to subscribe, rate, and review this show. It helps us out a lot. And also make sure to let your family and friends know about this podcast. That helps us as well. Let us know that. Your, your continued support is valued you guys value what we're bringing to you each and every day it's a pleasure to bring this podcast to you and I love doing it alright we'll step aside here we'll come back we need to talk some BYU football news of a transfer that we need to get to uh, we'll see what happens with BYU this recruiting periods getting very interesting we'll talk a little bit more about that next before we do that though do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the show our good friends at All Guard Pest Control and Termite Extermination. you can Give them a call if you have any or any pest control issues whatsoever, give them a call. 801-851-1812. They're here to make sure that all of your pest control issues are taken care of and they never come back. They guarantee their work. If you ever do see a recurrence of the pest issue that you're having, that they've come out and treated, they'll come back out and make sure you're taken care of. They service all of Utah County, Salt Lake County, Wasatch County. They'll even get you up there in Davis and Weber Counties if you need it as well. So All you got to do is give them a call. 801-851- 1812 their online reviews are great make sure to use the safest products they're safe around your family your pets and your children don't have to worry about that gives you the peace of mind And also gives you the peace of mind knowing that any and all pest control issues you have, mice, spiders, katydids, grasshoppers, whatever you've got, they'll make sure they're taken care of and they never come back to bother you again. So once once again, give All Guard Pest Control your service. Tell them that Locked On Cougars and J Catch sent you. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. That's All Guard Pest Control and Termite Extermination. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. Of course, you can find us everywhere. Fine podcasts are to be found. So thanks again for joining me. Talk some BYU football now. We have a chance to go down to watch BYU, well not watch BYU practice, but go down and talk to the players today and Wednesday will be our two chances to speak to them before they depart for Boise, Idaho, ahead of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. But we'll be uh, talking to them today, so hopefully we have some interviews for you to play on tomorrow's show and throughout the rest of the week. Let me know who you'd like to hear from, seniors, newcomers. I'd be happy to kind of take your guys' suggestions and see if I can get uh, get in contact with some of those players and interview them this week as we get ready for that bowl game next week. Uh, news coming out, though, yesterday that BYU is losing a linebacker. Christian Falau, the former East High School product in Salt Lake City, has announced that he is transferring from BYU. I will read his statement in full he put on Twitter yesterday and, quote, it says, I would like to announce that I will not be furthering my education n- nor my football career at Brigham U- Young University this upcoming semester. I express my love and gratitude to everyone who has been a part of my journey thus far, especially to Coach Kalani and Coach Eliza. I have bonds on the team that I will always cherish. I wish nothing but the best for them and hope they win their bowl game. I am on the transfer portal and am ready to put in the work required to be an asset to another institution. Hashtag New Year, New Beginnings. Christian Falau. So Christian Falau, a highly thought of three-star prospect out of high school, uh, went on an LDS mission. He had committed to Wisconsin and Gary Anderson uh, before deciding to flip his commitment to Oregon State when Gary moved to Oregon State with Kalani Satake there. Uh, highly thought of prospect. And with Gary Anderson, the news yesterday coming out that he is returning to Logan as the head coach of the Aggies. Uh, my money would be on Christian Falau making a transfer north to Logan to play for Gary Anderson. We'll see if that comes to pass, but. Christian Folau is a guy that's going to thin BYU's linebacking core. A lot of seniors graduating from BYU's linebacking core. We've talked about this previously on the podcast. They've got a lot of bodies to fill, but they feel like a lot of guys coming back off missions can be those guys. Salofa Funa, one of the guys that comes to mind about that. Also, Chaz Ayu, who was a decent player, as a true freshman before going on a mission, um, was medically released after roughly a year. So he'll be back on campus this coming semester. And of course, the return of Isaiah Kafusi should help out BYU quite a bit. I would expect that actually Isaiah Kafusi could be your uh, starting Mike linebacker or middle linebacker next year in a spot that Christian Falau was thought to maybe slot into with the departure of Sione Takitaki and Butch Pau'u. I don't know um, what Christian Falau would have offered to BYU. To be honest with you, the only time we have really seen him play is uh, when during the spring game this past year. He's had issues getting uh, kicking his mission rust after an LDS mission. He also had an arm injury earlier this year. His arm was in an arm brace. He was unable to get cleared to play. I had some people tell me yesterday that actually was cleared late in October, but at that point, the coaching staff felt at best to get him fully healthy give him a medical red shirt and then have him sit out the rest of the season uh he'll have to sit out another year transferring to a new institution so he could go from 2014 was his senior year at east high school and before he gets to play would be 2020 that'd be six years or six seasons between playing football on a gridiron which would just be incredible um We'll see what happens. I wish him the best of luck. He was a good soldier uh, by all accounts, did everything that asked of him by the coaching staff. Just unfortunate injuries kind of curtailed his opportunities to get on the field. And now he'll be looking uh, to find a new institution to play for. I'm confident that BYU will be able to find answers in their linebacking core. Zane Anderson getting that medical red shirt to come back for another year, play that flash linebacker spot, I think is a big development for BYU. Isaiah Kafusi came on really strong last year. And I believe if if Chaz Ayu is in shape, he could be a very, very good option for BYU as well. So Ed Lamb, I think will have his have his guys ready to go come next season, but losing a guy like Christian Falau when you're already losing multiple seniors in your linebacking core is never an ideal process, but BYU I think feels confident with where they stand in terms of their roster when it comes to linebackers. Um, I can also tell you guys that I'm starting to see BYU really open up on the JUCO recruiting uh, ranks. We've talked about earlier this season, I wondered if that was impossible for BYU BYU to get a Juco in school. Kalani Satake said that was not the case. They are limited in terms of who they can offer, but it sounds like they have hit the pavement hard. They've really evaluated multiple prospects from the Juco ranks. We've talked about some of them previously on this podcast, but the good news is BYU understands the value of what a junior college transfer who has played two years of football can offer to BYU in terms of getting them back on track, maybe getting the difference between six wins or seven and eight wins in a season or even more than that and they're pursuing more and more JUCOs so my hats go off to the BYU coaching staff they're leaving no stone unturned they're out there evaluating multiple prospects and we'll see what happens they're chasing all kinds of running backs both high school and JUCO players in an effort to upgrade the running back position in particular and I'm excited for what BYU is going to do here as they close up uh, this recruiting class of course the early signing window comes next week December 19th so a week from Wednesdays when the early signing period opens up we'll see what Juco players sign I believe that the bulk of BYU's high school recruiting class will sign in that early signing window I believe it goes from the 19th to the 21st there's like three days that prospects can sign their national letters of intent with the program of their choice and I'm expecting that most of the high school players speaking of players like Jacob Conover, uh. Braden, Co- not Braden Cosper. Who am I thinking of? Chase, um, Chase Roberts out of American Fork High School. Another fantastic wide receiver prospect. Braden Cosper was last year's recruiting class. Excuse me, but Chase Roberts and the like I think will sign in that early signing window, and we'll see most of BYU's recruiting class for 2019 wrapped up by the time the early signing window closes. Some JUCO players could be in the mix to sign in February, of course, with the odd. Um, terms of a high school prospect signing then, but I'm expecting the majority of BYU's class to sign next week. All right, we'll step aside here. Um, Some thoughts there on BYU football. Best of luck to Christian Falau. Like I said, my money is on him heading north to Logan to play for Utah State. But we'll see what happens with him. And best of luck to him in the next chapter of his football career. All right, we'll step aside. Here we'll come back. Need to talk a little bit about BYU women's volleyball. They have made it to the Final Four. We'll talk about that next. Also update you on BYU women's basketball. They had their rivalry game Saturday night against Utah We'll also break down that down a little bit for you as well, all coming up in quick hits in the final segment of the show. I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors on the show, and that is our good friends at Sling TV. Of course, Sling TV is your best bet when you want to watch college football or college sports in general. For just $30 a month, you get all the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, uh, Every network you essentially need to watch all the college sports you can handle. Give them a give them a try. You can check it out. Go to sling.com slash locked on. They're offering Locked On Cougars listeners a 7 day free trial to see if it's the right option for them. Sling TV's motto is it's the live TV you love, only better. There's no bundling of cable package with 25 channels you're never going to watch. You pick the channels you want with Sling TV. That's what you pay for and you know exactly what you're paying right up front. There are no hidden fees. It's a fan fantastic service. It allows you to watch it on your big screen and also take you with you on your mobile devices. So give them a try at sling.com slash locked on a seven day free trial to see if it's the right option for you. Once again, sling.com slash locked on. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, opinion, and insider info you can't find anywhere else. I'm Jay catch your host here. Thanks again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. Excited to get down to Provo today, have a chance to talk to BYU coaches and players, find out how preparations for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl are going. They should be about halfway through their 15 allotted NCAA practices at this point. Uh, Kalani Sitake told us last week they were going to practice six times. Last week, six times this week, use up 12 of the 15 practices and have three to use while they're in Boise with the bowl festivities going on. So I'm excited for BYU. This is a miniature spring ball, a chance for them to really work with young prospects. Uh, Usually coaches like to call it a developmental squad as well as their travel squad. Get both plenty of work in these practices. Use it as a miniature spring at camp to get your team ready for next year. And it'll be interesting to see um, if any young prospects do play for BYU. Of course, we'll bring you all the latest when we get a chance to talk to BYU players and coaches today, uh, get the latest from them in terms of who could be playing next week, et cetera. And we'll have it all covered for you here on the podcast. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you today about BYU Women's Volleyball. They advanced to the third Final Four in program history after they swept number five, Texas, 25 23, 25 23, 25 21 Saturday night at the Smith Fieldhouse awesome regional for BYU. It's cool to see them advancing to go to Minnesota for the Final Four this weekend. I'm going to have two good friends of mine that work with me at the Zona Sports Network join me on the show this week. They're volleyball experts. They coach the sport. They call the sport. My friends Adrian Leiser and Mitch Marshall will have them on the show later this week to break down BYU's chances when it comes to the Final Four. But hats off to Heather Olmstead and her squad for advancing. They're going to get another crash. At number one seed Stanford in the final four. Of course, BYU beat the Cardinal to take the number one ranking away from Stanford earlier this season in a five set thriller at the Nike Invitational here in Provo. So it'd be the uh, rematch of these two top level teams. Here's hoping that BYU can get out there and get another win, advance to the national title. It'd be awesome to see them come home with the national title after traveling to Minnesota this weekend. But Great regional, and I'm very impressed with what BYU Women's Volleyball is showing. This is a team that every time teams, uh, people, seem to count them out. They just bounce back. They've lost once this year. It's kind of that stunning season finale, the regular season finale on the road against Loyola Marymount. But since then, BYU has been lights out. They've been poised. They've been on top of it. The crowd was absolutely insane at the Smith Fieldhouse on Saturday night. So hats off to all the BYU fans that showed up to support the Cougars. I saw multiple BYU football players uh, putting out pictures of them at the BYU women's volleyball match. The crowd was magnetic. You could tell that on TV. I got a chance to go back and watch some of this. I had it on my DVR. And just awesome to see the team uh, doing what they're doing. And I'm hoping, that, hopeful that they can go out to Minnesota and show well as they get ready for the national semifinals, the final four, and hopefully a national championship uh, to boot. We'll see what happens. We'll break it down for you throughout the week with any news. Have a chance to go speak with them today. Hoping to get down there and hear from Coach Olmstead, etc. And we'll have some of those comments for you, hopefully on the podcast. Alright, before we go today, also need to talk about BYU women's basketball. They had their Desert First Duel game against the University of Utah on Saturday night at the Huntsman Center. Came up short in their Bid to upset the undefeated Utes, losing 78 to 67. Cougars didn't have a bad game necessarily, shot 45% from the field, but they do fall the 6-3 on the season. Three players scored in double figures for the Cougars. Brenna Chase and Paisley Johnson tied for the team lead with 17 points apiece. Shaylee Gonzalez added 11. Uh, and BYU, they'll be back in action looking to get back in the win column, and we'll see what happens. They're going to be um, back at the Marriott Center for the first time in over a month when they host Colorado State this coming Saturday at 2 o'clock. Mountain Time. That game we broadcast live on BYU TV, and hopefully the Cougars, like I said, they're back at home. They've been gone for a long time. I didn't realize it had been over a month. I knew it had been a while, but over a month—absolutely crazy—to spend over a month on the road. But BYU six and three on the year now, looking to rebound and beat the Rams to get to eight, seven and three on the season. And we'll have it covered for you as we always do here on the podcast. All right, that is today's show. Thanks again for joining me. It's a blast to. Bring it to you, of course, breaking down BYU basketball, uh, beating Utah on the men's side. Also talking some BYU recruiting and transfer news as well. It has been brought to you today by our good friends at all guard pest control. Give them a call. 801-851-1812 for any and all pest control issues. You also can check out our good friends at sling TV, a seven day free trial. to See if they might be the right TV option for you by going to sling.com slash locked on that sling.com slash locked on. Check it out. Um, might be the right option when it comes to your TV needs. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a chance to talk to BYU football players and BYU volleyball players uh, during media availability today, and we'll have it all covered for you on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Cougars or Facebook at Locked On Cougars as well. Also follow me at Jacob C Hatch on Twitter, and we'll, of course we'll have everything covered for you each and every day right here on Locked On Cougars. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December tenth. 2018.